It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Redskins, your daily podcast on the Washington Redskins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Redskins. I'm your host, Zach Hicks, and I'm feeling good this Monday morning. I'm still buzzing after that big win last night. I know a lot of you guys are. So let me know how you guys are all feeling after that big win on social media at Zach Kicks 2 Send me your messages whenever. But I am still feeling it, man. That was a big win. I'm I'm still pumped up. I can't believe the Redskins pulled that win off. So today on, on the podcast, we're going to dish out additional praise that we forgot to dish out last night, along with some Kirk Cousins talk because, again, I, I got a little annoyed with some of the fans I was talking to last night. So we will go into Kirk Cousins talk a little bit later. I'm not too excited about it. I'm not going to say too much because, again, I said my piece a couple a couple weeks ago. So we will touch a little bit on Kirk Cousins' talk. And lastly, about the culture change that we have here in Washington. I'm really excited about that because I have a lot to say on that subject. But first off, to jump into our more praise that I forgot to dish out last night. Just overall, got to give a lot of praise to this coaching staff. The coaching staff won the game last night. And, you know, Gruden was a big part of it, but Greg Minuski and that defensive game plan was outstanding. I was saying all last week on the podcast they have to blitz Zach Brown and spy Zach Brown on Russell Wilson the entire game. And I'm not saying that I was completely right, but he they did that for most of the game. They had Brown blitzing most of the game, and his speed was way too much for Russell Wilson. We finally had a player that was faster than Wilson, which threw him completely off guard. The Redskins also brought a lot of different variety of pressures and dropped different coverages on Wilson. And we flustered a top five, top ten quarterback in the NFL into throwing two picks in the game. That, that's an outstanding defense performance. And a lot of that comes down to Minuski and his play calling. So Minuski was excellent. And again, Jay Gruden wasn't the greatest game plan that he drew up for the offense, but it got the job done. He didn't turn the ball over on offense. He didn't call plays that put the offense in, in risk and in long, well, they had long third downs, but not any risk to turn the ball over and make mistakes. It was quick hitter. It was quick hitters, control the clock, control the game. And then when the play calls needed to be done and needed to be made at the end of the game, the Redskins pulled it off. So Jay Gruden, not the greatest game plan ever, but it was enough to beat a very good team in their stadium. So you can't really go too much against Jay Gruden for his game plan and what the Redskins were able to do. Someone who I forgot to praise last night, and I was actually all prepared to praise him, I just completely forgot when, when me and Nate were talking, is Brian Quick. In his first real action of the entire year, played really well. You know, I, I, went, to, I went to Redskins training camp this year, and I was watching a lot of the receivers work with the first and second team, and Brian Quick was basically uncoverable down there, just, just as much as Terrell Pryor was. I know you take that with a grain of salt because Terrell Pryor hasn't really been anything this year, but Brian Quick looked really good. He was catching the ball in space. You could tell he's a natural receiver, unlike these other guys where Doxon's still trying to grow into what he's going to be in the NFL, and Terrell Pryor is just not natural at the position still. Brian Quick was kind of a breath of fresh air because you can kind of see what a real receiver looks like instead of all these projects that the Redskins have out there. He's a guy who has the size, has the length, and he knows how to run routes. He knows how to adjust for the ball in the air. And that's something that we have that we've yet to really see with Doxon and Pryor like too much this year. 
So Quick, I mean, Doxson's catch was outstanding at the end of the game, and I'll, I'll talk about Doxson here in a second. But Brian Quick's was just as impressive, where he made that adjustment over the shoulder when Kirk threw it when, when the face of pressure. So overall, Brian Quick had a really good game. I hope to see him more in the starting lineup because, you know, at this point, he probably is a better receiver than Terrell Pryor. So just get him in the game more, use him, and play him as much as you can. To touch a little bit on the other receivers, though, because I know we didn't dish out a lot of praise for the receiver group last night. We'll get to Docks in here in a second, I promise. But Ryan Grant also made a lot of really crucial catches in traffic and a lot on third downs. He's becoming a really good safety blanket on third downs, and I'm going to be the first one to completely apologize. I know I know, I officially apologized a couple weeks ago, but it is time for me to officially change my stance on Ryan Grant. I am very sorry for any bad things I've ever said about Ryan Grant. I think he's actually a good NFL receiver at this point. I still don't think he's a good number one, a good number two, or even good number three receiver. But on third down, if you need a guy out there who's going to be consistent and he's going to just catch the ball past the sticks or or he's going to turn the ball up the field and get the first down for you, Ryan Grant is a good receiver. And I never thought in my entire life I'd be saying that. But yeah, Ryan Grant has been excellent this year. And with a year where a lot of receivers have let down this offense and let down Kirk Cousins, Ryan Grant has not at all. Ryan Grant has played the best he can. And it's been a really good year from Ryan Grant in general. Now to get to the big playmaker, the big guy, Josh Doxson, that catch was outstanding. And it was so great to see because you've seen him drop these types of catches already this year. You know, against the Cowboys last week, he had a diving catch on third and long that he needed to make the catch, and he just dropped it. It was almost the exact same play. And then against the Chiefs late in that game, it was an outstanding play by him. He just couldn't finish the catch. And those two catches were huge because the Redskins could have won those games if he just came down with the ball. And it was just awesome to see him actually make that play this week. And you can actually see him maturing and developing into what he might be. So get him the ball more. That was an outstanding catch. He finally finished one of these plays. And hopefully he can kind of not... The other ones weren't really drops because, again, they were tough catches. But you got to make those big catches if you want to be a wide receiver one in the NFL. And this last Sunday or yesterday, he made that catch, which was everything that we needed as a fan base, everything that we wanted. And it's just hopefully it's something that can keep going forward because Josh Doxson was outstanding. Last little praise here has to just, I just want to throw some more back at the defense. I mean, my God, that defensive line in, that, in the secondary just stepped up. And the linebackers, I can't, you know what, the whole defense, I'm, I'm not, I can't even narrow it down to one group. The defense in general was just outstanding. Secondary put these receivers on lockdown except for one coverage bust late in the game. And the defensive line, without their two star players, were just all over Russell Wilson all game. Terrell McClain, Stacey McGee, Anthony Lanier, those guys were in Russell Wilson's face, especially Lanier. Lanier's coming out party. So overall, defense, Minuski, offense, everything. I mean, everything. The Redskins won in Seattle with, with 40% of their team. I don't know how, how how many times I have to say this. Overall, the whole team was outstanding. So that's my little praise for this week. Going back at them, I won't praise them the rest of the week because we got a big game against the Vikings coming up. But overall, just, oh my gosh, great game for the Redskins. So fun to watch. Great to be a fan and when you see a game like that. Now, before we jump into Kirk Cousins' talk, I just want to remind you guys again that we do have a big week of guests here on Locked On Redskins. Robbie Duncan of the Redskins Capital Connection will be coming on tomorrow's show to answer some mailbag questions and, and talk about some other things. Justin Gamble of NFL Draft Bible will also be coming on later this week. We'll be talking some draft, maybe some Redskins, where some players fit with the Redskins. Josh Mensch of the Purple Report will also be jumping on. He's a big Vikings guy, and he's going to be really good on the show. I'm really excited for him. And and we're going to have a good conversation about the Vikings and what their strengths and weaknesses are. So be sure to tune in later this week as we have a fun, fun episodes with a bunch of different guests this week. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. 
Think of all the amazing things in life that are expressions of you, your favorite football team, what you wear to the playoff watch party, that song that you stream over and over to get you pumped up for the gym, or the recommendations that you share with your friends on the top six comedy podcasts that are best to listen to on a long road trip, or even your new haircut, which may or may not be an epic bowl cut from the 90s and hopefully is. Everything that makes you, you makes all the difference. State Farm believes insurance should work the same way. Your plan, your coverage selections can be personalized by you. And the ability to choose the plan you want by picking the options that fit you, like choosing to bundle your home and auto policies, is what the State Farm Personal Price Plan is all about. Getting the coverage you want at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Now to get into the dreaded yet somewhat necessary Kirk Cousins talk for me here. I'm, I'm not going to go on a rant or a tangent like I did before because I'm just I'm not upset right now. I'm really happy still, and I'm not going to let you guys get me down. But I'm just kind of confused at this point. Where after a big win, again, I, I want to reiterate how big this win was. The Redskins went to Seattle, the toughest place to play in the NFL, who has a legion of boom. They have the 12th man. I mean, they're impossible to get wins at. The Redskins went to that place with 80% of their offensive line injured, without Jamison Crowder, who was a thousand yard receiver last year, without Jordan Reed, who, when healthy, is a top five tight end in the NFL. Without their two leading, like their two best defense alignment on their team, without Mason Foster, without Monte Nicholson, with like five or six guys who were active, like were technically active but didn't play. They went to Seattle, the toughest place in the NFL, and won. Why are we talking about the quarterback not having a great game afterwards? Who cares? Again, it was the best defense and one of the better defenses in football, the best defense historically for the last like three years, and we got a win. Why are we talking about Kirk Cousins after this? I don't care. He made some good throws on the last drive. Cool, let's talk about that. He didn't play well the whole game. Okay, but why are we dwelling on that? Let's talk about the defense. Let's talk about Doxon's catch. Let's talk about our lack of run game if you really want to nitpick. Why are we talking about Kirk Cousins after this? It doesn't make any sense. Kirk Cousins played okay. It was nothing horrible, nothing great, but he played all right. He played well enough to beat a really good team on the road. I don't understand why we always need to talk about Kirk. You know what? Actually, you know what? I do. I get it with the whole contract thing. We need to bash Kirk after everything. But guys, let's just accept what he is. He's a Pro Bowl quarterback who plays well in some games and doesn't play well in others. It's not that hard. But what, where you really pay the guy, where, you, where he makes his money, is crunch time. And what has he done in crunch time this year? He kept the Eagles games pretty close. and He put the team in position to win. Kept the Cowboys game pretty close last week where, again, the ball was tipped to the line of scrimmage and, and picked six. But it was a one-score game at, at the end of the game. Threw a dime to Doxon in the Chiefs game, which the Redskins should have won that if Doxon would have came down with the catch. And, oh yeah, led a come-from-behind victory against the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle with half his team. Like, that's where he gets paid. That's Those are the things you should be critiquing. Now, of course, every game is not going to be Aaron Rodgers 300 yards, three touchdowns. We have to accept that. We have to accept that. He is a good quarterback, but it's not every game he's going to come out and he's going to be firing at all cylinders. I think the person who, who put it best on Twitter this these last like day or so was John Kime. I don't know if you guys all follow John Kime. Uh, he works for ESPN, does some great work with ESPN. So John Kime, excellent guy. Go go follow him. But the way he put it on Twitter was one person asked, like, Kirk was bad for 59 minutes. Why are we excusing him for the last minute? And John Kime said something like, 
Santa only comes one day a year. Why are we, why do we, like, we don't bash him for 364 days of the year. Like, why didn't, why didn't Santa come the other 364 days? It doesn't matter. He showed up that one day. Kirk showed up in that last minute and won us the game. I don't care why or how we got to that last minute. If it was all the defense, if it was him not turning the ball over, I don't care. He played okay. The Redskins won and he performed big late. That is the, that is the only talking point about Kirk. Let's not, like, again, I, I, I get the 106.7 stuff and why it's annoying because 106.7, the fan, I mean, they are just all over Kirk today. They love him. They are just talking about how he won the game. And I get it. He, Kirk did not win us this entire game. But when it comes down to it, the end of the game, pressure situation, a minute 30 left. What was it? No timeouts left against Seattle in Seattle with half your offense. And he won the game. That is ultimate praise there. There's, like, no players done that. If you look at it, Sharp over on FS1 or or wherever him and Skip Bayless had their show, those those two idiots, whatever. He actually made a really good point for once in his life where he said, Kirk Cousins has done something that Tom Brady hasn't done, something that Ben Rossberger hasn't done, something Aaron Rodgers hasn't done, and that is beat the Legion of Boom in Seattle. And Kirk did it with half his offense. It's impressive as hell, and we should not be bashing him for a game like that. Like, I get it. He's not perfect. You can talk about it. I don't care. I'm saying... 20 minutes after a game where the Redskins won, like, probably the most improbable game that I've ever seen in my lifetime, why are we bashing Kirk after it? I don't get it. He played well. We won. That's it. End of story. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to rant forever about Kirk. It's just, it's just something I don't understand. I wish I did understand. And overall, you guys who still bash Kirk after stuff like this just confuse me. I don't get it. The Kirk sucks. The worst thing was I saw it when, uh, when Kirk fumbled, fumbled at like the two yard line where it was like third and 14 and it was the fumble that got overturned. It was like third and 14. He got sacked in like two seconds and all of Redskins like fan base was saying like, Oh, Kirk's bum. I'm done with him. Yada, yada, yada. And I'm just like, what quarterback gets rid of the ball in two seconds on third and 14? Like, and does like, come on there. Like, what do you, you're going to pass, you're going to bash him if he throws a check down there. So what do you want him to do? You want him to somehow throw it to a wide open receiver in two seconds, right out the line of scrimmage, and then not get hit, not fumble. Like, I don't understand what we want there out of him. I think we just want superhuman things out of a guy who's just a human, who makes mistakes, who's not going to be the most consistent player in the world. But overall, you can win with him, and he's going to give do some good things for you. Let's just move on from this. Let's talk about the defense, where they shut down an all-pro caliber quarterback. I mean, they shut him down. I know he doesn't have much help either, but the Redskins just shut him down. Or let's talk about how Josh Doxson just beat up on the Legion of Boom at the end of the game. Let's talk about this stuff. This stuff is what was important, what matters. Let's talk about the good after games like this. Let's not talk about why we should move on from Kirk Cousins in spite of whatever, winning a game, one of the most improbable games in our franchise history. Like, come on. Let's let's just move on from it. That's it. I'm done. I'm moving on. I will only talk about this when I get frustrated, but I'm not going to spend too much time on it because I've said my piece plenty of times. Sign Kirk after the year. That's it. Before I jump into the culture change and that big segment I'm going to have here later in the podcast, I just want to remind you guys to rate, subscribe, listen to the podcast on iTunes. Be sure to rate and subscribe. It means a lot to me when you guys do that. I really appreciate the support so far and all the reviews I've been getting on there. So please be sure to do that. And again, it is just Locked On Redskins on iTunes. You can go right on there and find it. And of course, you're listening to it probably on Megaphone right now as well. You can also find it right there on Megaphone. So be, yeah, be sure to turn on iTunes, rate, subscribe, review, do it all. 
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Now, my big talking point that I want to go into today is just you can tell there's a different team and a different culture in this locker room this year. And it's really weird because it seemed like the same old Redskins coming to the season. You know, turmoil in the offseason, fire the GM just for some weird reason that we don't understand, Bruce Allen taking control, like stuff that we've seen in the past. And I just, it's just weird because they came into the year like same old Redskins, you know, they're going to be a bottom 10 team in the NFL, but they have players in this locker room that believe in each other and believe in the unity and they believe in winning. And it's so rare to see that with the Redskins team. And, and I, know, I know it sounds weird because I haven't seen it in my life, but this team is bought into a winning culture. And I don't know who to give credit to. I really don't. Is it Jay Gruden? Maybe. Is it Greg Minuski? It might be. Is it the leaders that they have on the team like Kirk Cousins, Josh Norman, Zach Brown, Will Compton, Mason Foster, those type of guys? I don't know. I really don't know where to give this, this credit to. Maybe maybe it's Scott McLuhan for bringing in a lot of these guys. I don't know. But but overall, the culture in this locker room and the culture with this team is so different from anything I've ever seen. And it's like something that you can actually have hope for. Like, for example, going into this game was the most excusable loss the Redskins could have ever had. They had every excuse in the book for losing this game. They had, they're going against a better team at their place that is desperate, that needs a win, without half their team. Of course they could lose that game. They could have come out and lost by 50, and I'm not saying we've been okay with it, but we had excuses for it. We could have been like, oh, we didn't have half our team, that was expected, stuff like that. Was this team that do, though? Their defense comes out to play. They punch Seattle in their mouth, and they shut down their, their high-explosive offense who put up 41 points the week before. What does the offense do? They come out, and they manage the game, and they come out and put a statement drive together at the very end of the game and beat Seattle on the road. That is a new, resilient team that I have never seen in Washington. It's just something to really be proud of with this organization. And especially in a time where a lot of teams are giving up around the NFL. A lot of loser mentality teams in the NFL right now. And the Redskins could have easily gone down that road. Like, to just name a couple, I'm going to get back to this first team in a little bit. But to name one in particular, the Bucks. I'm going to get back to them, though. The Bucks are, are losers right now. They're just losers. They had a couple rough things beginning of the year. And they have shut it down. They have given up playing. And they are just getting killed by everybody. Other teams, Denver. Look at Denver. They were in the Super Bowl a couple years ago. And, and what, what's going on? Just because they have a poor quarterback, their defense is getting given up 51 points? Where's the pride? Where's the resilience there? That's a loser mentality they have there. The Giants, we, we knew last year they had a loser mentality with all those all those locker room personalities and all those guys. And they're just, they're, it's a losing culture in all these, these locker rooms. But the Redskins, they have that. They have that it factor, that intangible, that thing that you can't really quantify or or put like a stat with it it's the ability to work together and believe in your in your roster believe in your in your locker room believe in your team and come together and actually win games and that's why I have way more faith in this Redskins team that I've ever had in any of the recent years that more faith than the 2012 team more faith than the 2016 or 2015 team whatever more faith than the 2007 team I believe in this team just because you can see it in this locker room there's no big personality guys we got rid of Every personality guy last year. Who, who's our biggest personality on this team? Terrell Pryor? But he's like, that's just on Instagram. Off of, off of Instagram, he's one of the most humble and, and nice people on the planet. 
I guess Josh Norman's kind of personality, but he's a leader on this team. He he speaks to the team and people revolve around him. DJ Swanger, I guess, the personality, but again, he's a captain, he's a leader, and he's a stud player. So again, these guys are not detrimental vocal leaders. Like, for instance, the Buccaneers, who I said, they have a loser mentality and they have these loser mentality players. And two players in particular that I want to kind of name with that are guys that they took from us. Honestly, Chris Baker and Deshaun Jackson. I'm not going to lie. When when Pierre Garçon left in the offseason, I was upset because Pierre Garçon is a tough SOB who is hard to replace. But they, those other two guys, Chris Baker, Deshaun Jackson, they are just prima donna, wanna, you know, everything is me type of players. And you just don't want that in your locker room. And the Redskins overall have been better because they got rid of guys like that. And this Redskins team is better than last year's team. Don't get me wrong there. This team is way better. Last year's team went against a fruitcake schedule and went 8-7-1. to This year's team, their losses have come to opponents with like a combined record, I think, of 29-8. and And then they've also beat the Seahawks and the Raiders and the Rams. Three, three pretty solid teams. This team is really good this year, guys. It really is. Without injuries, this team would be 5-3, and 6-2. and two. They're, They are a good team. A big part of that, again, was getting rid of those, those guys who were detrimental to the locker room. Getting rid of the Chris Bakers. Getting rid of Deshaun Jackson. Getting rid of Ricky Jean Francois, who they're all great personalities, but they're all me-centered players. Get guys who buy into the program. Get Matt Ioannidis out there, a guy who buys into what he's doing, who will work his ass off in the offseason, and he will become an elite pass rushing interior defender out like overnight. Get guys like that in your locker room. And Ryan Anderson is actually another good example of this. Ryan Anderson was not a great draft pick. He was taking the second round, probably two, three rounds too high, but he is a complete culture pick. He is a guy who's going to come in, work his ass off, not going to talk about himself, and he's going to be a guy that people in the locker room revolve around just because he is a tough dude who wants to get better. And, you know, I have to admire that because that's, that's what the Redskins are doing with this team. They are drafting culture guys who improve the locker room and kind of go with the Bucks. Look what the Bucks are doing down there. They lost a couple games, but they are a super talented roster. They have Mike Evans. They have Gerald McCoy. They have... Uh, What's his name? Quan Alexander, Levante David. They have studs on that roster. And they're just thrown away because they lost a couple games. Jameis Winston is not a leader. That dude is a crazy man who just screams random things. If you see, if you saw his uh, pregame thing, his pregame pump-up speech he said to his team the other day, it's horrifying, actually. It's really weird. Where he's like biting his fingers and stuff. I don't he's he's just an immature, not really a leader type of player, and you can't really revolve around that. You have these personalities in one locker room. Where they might be super talented, but you have, if you have all these personalities that have this me mentality, you're not going to win many games, and you're going to give up if the sign of any adversity. This Redskins team has been through more adversity than I've ever seen a team go through. They lost their GM like right before the offseason started. What team can come out of that and and play well the next year? They lost a lot. They lost two thousand yard receivers. What happens? They come in with a scat back running back that they're going to throw the ball to. They have a thirty four year old tight end as their top targets, and they're still a top 10 offense in the NFL. How many injuries have they had this year? Like 30 in total, 21 currently, and yet they're still winning games. This is what I mean by a culture change in Washington, and it's super exciting. Now, again, I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs this year. It is a very tough schedule down the stretch, but overall, this is just, the sky's the limit for this roster going forward, and it all starts with, you know, the players on this roster that want to win and players that have bought into the system. You know, I'm not advocating for keeping every player and just doing, you know, just keeping every single player on the roster going next year. Because obviously you make improvements, but you need to keep your core players. You need to keep your Zach Brown. You need to keep your Kirk Cousins. You need to keep the linemen, Brandon Sheriff, all of them. You need to keep them on this roster. Keep them around. 
Don't go for free agent splash signings when you have the players here that want to win and have bought into the culture. So overall, that's just my big culture rant there. I really am proud of this team this year, the way they're coached and the way that they approach games because there are games that they easily could have given up, but this defense is resilient as hell. And this offense, despite struggles, is still putting together some wins. So overall, this team is so much better than what I could have expected and so much better than what anybody really could have expected going into the year. And it's just it's just great to watch as a DC fan, especially as a as a millennial type DC fan. Someone was born in 1997 watching this DC team. It's great to finally see that culture changed where instead of being a team like the Bengals, where it's like, yeah, we might win every year, but we don't you know, we care about the playoffs, we don't care about the Super Bowl, where you have guys who are buying in to making a Super Bowl run, to winning games, to being competitive. And it's just something that's awesome to watch. Alright guys, that's all we have today. I know I ranted about a couple things, but just kind of get that out. Some good and some bad today. But overall, again, great win yesterday from the Redskins. I, I'm more more than happy to be a fan of this team, especially after wins like this. And it makes this podcast a lot more fun going into the year because there's always going to be hope now because we have that Seattle win in, back, in our back pocket. So be sure to tune in again later this week as we have Robbie Duncan from Redskins Capital Connection, Justin Gamble from NFL, NFL Draft Bible, and Josh Mensch from the Purple Report, all coming on as guests this week. We're going to break down the Vikings matchup, talk about the draft, uh, do some mailbag questions. It's a lot of fun this week, so be sure to keep tuning in, and I will talk to you guys tomorrow. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.